Welcome to the podcast of Calvary Baptist Church. We are delighted you have chosen to listen in today. It's our hope the message of Jesus will continue to spread and bear fruit, both in your life and the world around us. For more digital content, feel free to check us out on the web at calvarybcmoultrie.com. And now for today's message. So one of the things, if you've been here long enough, uh, one of the things you're going to notice is when we uh, tend to teach here, one of the things that we typically do is we typically like to go through books of the Bible. Um, That's just not like random. Like there's usually a reason, a rhyme or reason why we do that. One, because it helps us read stuff that we would usually never read. It helps us come to grips with aspects of maybe God's character that we never even thought about, right? So, for instance, if we read just James our entire life and that's all we read, we would have a very skewed view of God, all right? But one of the things we try to do, we try to typically go through like verse by verse. There's times where we'll throw some stuff out during during the year that'll be a sermon on, um, let's say, a sermon on uh, healthy marriages. No, those aren't bad. We we like to do those. One of the exceptions to that that you really can't do it as much in is a book like Proverbs. All right, if you've ever read Proverbs, they almost some of them, not all of them, they almost kind of read like fortune cookies. All right. Not to be that trite or anything like that, but they're very like this statement and then this statement and then this statement. So it'll talk about like work here and then it'll talk about marriage here or then it'll talk about like or it'll talk about listening like and they'll be back to back. And there will be actually most of the time in a huge part of the Proverbs, no connection between them. All right. There are parts where there are, but most of the time you're not going to see that. And you might be wondering, David, like, do we really need this? Like, what is the point of wisdom. What, I mean, if you had to even define, like, wh- why wisdom? Let me give you this. If you are a note taker, all right? If you're a note taker, here's kind of like our big idea of the day, all right? Wisdom is a gift of God. It is a gift of God which allows the Christian, the follower of God, that wisdom is a gift of God which allows the Christian to deal with the beauties, complexities, difficulties, and tragedies of life. To deal with the beauties, complexities, difficulties, and tragedies of life. And essentially, this is what wisdom is in the Bible. Wisdom is walking in this world the way that God actually designed it to walk in. Walking in the way, in in a way in this world that God actually himself walked, all right? Through the person of Jesus Christ, walking as he did in this world, the way that it's designed to be. You might be like, David, is that really necessary? I'll give you an example. So if you have a cat, let's say you're a cat person, right? I like cats, don't have one because my dog would probably eat it. I have no idea. So like, I, like you might be a cat person and here's one of the things you probably know about your cat. You can actually pet your cat and from the head to the tail, right? You're going with the grain, with the hair, right? Let me ask you this, all right? What if you start trying to pet it from the tail to the head? Could you do that? Oh, I mean, sure you could, but what's going to happen? You're going to get yourself clawed. Like, right, like that's, that's how it goes. Why? You can do the other. This is what wisdom in the Bible is talking about. You can go opposite of it. But here's one of the things you're going to find out. Over time, you're really not going to like the results. You're really not going to like the results. So what wisdom does, wisdom allows us to walk in this world the way that God designed us to walk. So let's do this, guys. One of the things that um, we're going to do today, because there's so many verses, um, one of the things that we've got 
Um, we, we're going to have some of the verses in here in your bulletin that you can look at later, but we're going to have a lot of the verses up on the screen just because by the nature of Proverbs, we're going to be jumping around a good bit. So maybe you're, you don't know how to jump around your Bible like super well. That's totally fine. All right. Don't feel obligated to do that. We actually have it up on the screen. If you know it can navigate Proverbs and all that stuff, hey, go ahead, go for it. Um, that'll be awesome. So uh, let's do this. Let's kick it off, guys. Point number one today, big point number one. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter four first. Proverbs chapter 4. Big point number one is this. Wisdom is a gift of God. Wisdom is a gift of God. Let's read Proverbs chapter 4, verses 4, 5 through 8. It says this. It says, get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you do, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. Prize her highly, she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. So if you take a listen to this, like, one of the things that the Proverbs first lays down is, like, wisdom. Get her. If you do anything else, get her. You might be, here's the thing. That sounds kind of like a restaurant or something like that. Hey, yo, if you are in town or something, you need to go to this place. If you do anything in your life, if you do anything in your life, if you can do anything, here's the first thing you need to make sure you do. And what does he say? You would expect a lot of different things here, right? You would sec- maybe you su- suspect some of you, maybe ladies, you would expect them to say, hey, if you do this, anything, you want to get married. Like, guys, you would expect maybe the Proverbs say, hey, if you do anything in this life, what you want to do is get wealthy. And it's funny. Did you take a look? Verse 5, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Now, some of you, I'm sure maybe maybe if you were, you were maybe new to Christianity, maybe you, if you um, grow up and you're kind of like in a Christian like home, you would call it. But you know what? Secretly, like you maybe wouldn't like, you, you wouldn't think yourself of a Christian. You wouldn't say, no, I'm, I'm not a, a follower of Jesus really or anything like that. My family is. That's great. Here's what you, you might hear this. And here's what you might think. You might hear this with the same voice that your mom says, eat your Brussels sprouts. They're really good for you. You might hear this with the same thing like, oh, you know, you should eat this. You need, you need to like it because it's good for you. And you're like, you're sitting there thinking, like, mom, I know it's good for me. I just have absolutely no desire for that. I, I, I have no desire for that. Now here's the thing. If that's you, you probably have something else in mind. If, if, if you do anything else in this life, you're probably thinking, um, okay, it's not gonna be get wisdom. Now it might be get wealth. So, friend, maybe if that's you, why do you think maybe that the author of this actually said, you know what, get wisdom? Maybe you know better than he does. Maybe you've actually found it. You know, wealth actually is better than wisdom. But let me hold up. Let me try you on that for a second. Maybe for you it's love. Maybe for you it's feeling love. Maybe for you it's whatever that thing is for you. Like, I need to, this is what I need to do. If I do anything else in life, this is what I need the most. Why would he say wisdom? Let's give you an example. Maybe it's wealth for you. 
Maybe it's wealth for you. Here's the thing. If you, if that's your goal, you're like, you know what? I'm going to get wealth. Like I, that's going to be my goal in this life. Here's the thing. You are darned if you do and darned if you don't. What happens if you do it? That's your goal and you don't get it. How do you spend all your days? It's kind of miserable. And it's not just miserable for you because that desire is so strong for you. Here's what happens. You end up staying late for work and staying late for work and staying late for work. It's like you have to like reintroduce yourself to your family every time you come home. It's like, hey man, I'm John. Nice to meet you. Like, like, like all, it's not just killing you. Now it's killing your family. If your desire for wealth, if that's your desire, like, look, if you're darned if you don't get it, but here's the thing. You're also darned if you do. Because here's the thing. Now you gotta maintain it. Now what happens if it's ever threatened? What happens if it's ever threatened? Whatever, what happens now if you have to choose between, okay, all of a sudden now, uh, I have to choose between maybe doing, quote, the right thing and actually keeping my wealth. What are you going to do? Because your heart has been trained to do anything for wealth. What you, what will you do in that day? You will always do what? You will always do the thing that keeps your wealth. And what you don't see is that you've actually become a person who has trained themselves. Maybe it's love for you. You've actually become a person who has trained themselves that, that here's what it, love and feeling loved is the thing I need above everything. And I will be doing, willing to do anything to get it. You will never say that, but that's how you functionally live your life. You will functionally live your life like this. I'll give you an example. This is where Proverbs helps us. Proverbs 14.1. I think we got that up on the slide. Proverbs 14.1. Notice this is what it says. The wise woman builds her house. Oh, okay. She builds her house, man. And you're thinking, okay, the wise woman, all right, that, 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 I'm used to that. And here's what Proverbs also says. But the foolish, the foolish woman, what does she do? Tears it down. Stop. Don't read the next. If you have, just wipe it out. How might you think she tears it down? Like she tears it down. I mean, I mean, um, something happened. Uh, maybe her husband uh, got in a car wreck, and you know that just kind of like decimated her house. What does it say? She actually tears it down with what? Her own two hands. Why? How? 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 How in the world could she do this? I'll give you an example, ladies, in here. So if you try to, if you, if you discover, hey, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty, I'm a very pretty lady. And what you begin to do is you begin to use your attractiveness to manipulate men. Here's one of the things that will happen. You won't stop doing that once you're married. You will become the kind of person who now manipulates through her body to get what you want. That is the person you become. And that's what Proverbs says this. That's what Proverbs comes in and said, this is why you want wisdom because here's what happens wisdom will make you into a certain kind of person you might be like david what is that kind of person that is the kind of person who can actually hold things that are beautiful hold things that are complex also deal with the trials and deal with the absolute agonies of life so let's look at proverbs 17 verse 1 Here's an example of this. Proverbs 17, 1. Better is a dry morsel 
Basically, think like stale bread, all right? You might be like, that, that's kind of gross. Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting and strife. What's he saying here? He's saying, if you have to choose between having like filet mignons, dog, or like my, my personal favorite, PB and J, sorry, Brandy, like PB and J, my personal favorite, if one, if you can be one kind of person, the person who actually is not ruled by their desires, but the person who actually can, can, is, is now in control of them, here's the thing. You want to go with that, even if you have to eat PB&J every night. And this is why Proverbs is so awesome, because here's what it does. God is seeking to make us, you Christian, into the kind of people who, maybe it's wealth for you, who can actually handle wealth if you succeed. Handle wealth if you go broke. You can thrive and flourish when you have everything, and you can thrive and flourish when you have nothing. Friend, does that sound like something that you want? Because here's the thing. You've told yourself over and over again, oh, this is, this is the key. If I get this, then you know what? Like, I got it. And this is where Proverbs would say to me, ah, you don't understand wisdom. Because wisdom, what it's doing, what God is actually inviting us to with our little miners hats, these next couple weeks, he's inviting us to dig for wisdom, to dig in God's word for wisdom. Why? So that we can be the kind of people who can deal with the beauties, the tragedies, the complexities of life. So we see that wisdom is a gift of God, but here's one of the other things that we see. It's actually a gift. This is going to sound weird for a second. Some of you are going to be like, is this really right? It's actually a gift that he gives to everyone, Christian and non-Christian alike. But here's the thing. When he gives it, it's meant to make you desire more and lead you to him. I think we got Proverbs 8 up there. Let's read Proverbs 8. So one of the things that Proverbs does is it actually makes wisdom into like a person. She's like this beautiful lady, all right, which totally makes sense because the writer of Proverbs was talking to his son. And so, therefore, what's like the the best thing to attract a young man? Oh, what do you do? You make wisdom into a beautiful lady dog, and he'll chase after her. So, Proverbs 8. So, this is what it says. Wisdom is like now a person. And now she's like speaking. That's kind of what's going on. It says this. The Lord possessed me, wisdom, at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I, talking about wisdom, was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. Here's what he is saying. So Ben, he's a construction guy, right? So one of the things before he goes out and starts a job, what has he got to go buy? If he's building a roof, or not building a roof, I guess, what do you do? Shingle a roof. So if you shingle a roof, what do you got to go do first? What store are you going to be going to? You're going to be going to Home Depot. And you begin what? Tar, shingles, all those things, right? Why? You got to get building supplies. And this is what the author of Proverbs is saying, that when God was building the earth, when he made creation, the materials that he used was wisdom. The materials that he used were wisdom. That God used wisdom. So here's one of the implications. 
you can actually look out into the world and see God's wisdom. I'll give you an example. We're all about examples today. Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard. So if you don't know what sluggard is, it's basically like a lazy bump, right? All right? So guy who, who's like 52, like um, never had a job, still lives in like his, his grandmother's basement, like uh, playing Xbox and Fortnite all day. Like, go to you ant, O sluggard. He's like, look at the ant in creation. Go outside. I just want you to look at the grass. Look at the ant run around. Ex- consider her ways and be wise without having a chief, officer, or ruler. Whenever you've looked at an ant before, have you seen a little ant sergeant with a hat on? You bust out your magnifying glass. Let me ask you, have you ever seen that? Is there anybody telling the ant what to do? No. What does it do? It does what it's supposed to do. It doesn't need to be told. It just does it. She prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. What he's saying is sluggard. What you need to see is that God's actually embedded his wisdom into creation for you to see what you are doing isn't wise and it's going to lead to your death and destruction. The God has actually embedded. He has built this world using wisdom. And here's the thing. If you try to push back against that, Okay. If you try to use it in a way that it's not intended to, we we say this all the time. Some of you guys, you might have grown up with this maybe this view of God. I kind of viewed this. This is kind of how I viewed God. I viewed like, oh, if uh, if I step outside of like God's will or God's like uh, um, like if I if I I was a non Christian at the time, uh, if I uh, disobey God or like break His rules, He's gonna like reach down from heaven, rear back, and slap me in the face. But here's the thing that Proverbs shows us and the wisdom literature shows us that God doesn't have to come down from heaven and slap you in the face. Why? Because he's made the world to operate in a certain way. And if we go against that, the world's just going to slap you in the face. He doesn't even need to. He doesn't even need to. His own life and his own choices will rear back and slap him in the face. That what he actually did is he has actually given wisdom to all cultures and all human beings. It's not a complete wisdom, though. These are like hors d'oeuvres, or if you're in the South, hors d'oeuvres. Like, this is, this is like just a taste of like something to lead you to more wisdom. To say, man, this tasted good. I want more of it. That's what wisdom does. Some of us, it's interesting, we've, I remember um, growing up at the church I was, um, um, some people I think were kind of like thought of as being wise and, uh, at the church that I was at, and there were times that I'm like, that person's actually kind of a meanie head, like they're not really wise at all, like, like I remember thinking like that's, and maybe that's been your experience. Like maybe you've been like in going to church gatherings, maybe like your whole life or maybe like nine months even before you were born. But here's the deal. Wisdom. One of the things that we see about wisdom is that something that, like we said, all people, all cultures 
have. But here's the thing. They, they, it's not a complete wisdom. It leaves you longing for more. I'll give you an example. Proverbs 26. All right? Proverbs 26. So if we look at this one. Dun, 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 dun. Proverbs 26. Like an archer. What's an archer? Someone who shoots bows and arrows. Who wounds everybody. So the picture is this archer who's just going... Like, he's out on the battlefield. He's got, like, a bunch of guys up there with the enemy. And he's like, oh, well, I'll shoot an arrow in it. And he's just, like, shooting his own people through the heart. He's like, who wounds everyone. So is he. So is the person who hires a fool or who hires those who pass by. Now, here's the thing. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're here this morning and you're secretly a cocaine dealer. I know that's probably maybe unlikely, but you never know. Maybe that's you. Now, here's the thing. Let's just say, there are cocaine dealers in Moultrie. Let me ask you, does the cocaine dealer know this truth? Is he just going to let anybody deal for him? Is he? He's not. He wants to make sure that whoever's dealing for him knows the truth that snitches get stitches. Like, he, like if you snitch, you're going to get stitches. Which is funny. If you think about it, because even the, the world, God has gifted mankind with wisdom so much to the point that every culture, no matter what culture you grew up in, it actually possessed some wisdom. You actually possess some wisdom just by the fact that you are living in this world. The cocaine dealer in our city, you might think, maybe you're, you're here this morning and you might think, oh, those are like bad people over there. They possess a certain level of wisdom. They know Like an archer who wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool or hires those who pass by. That it is wisdom. That God has actually done that. We see that one of the things, God has actually implanted wisdom into this world. But here's the thing. It wasn't meant to be just that. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've picked up, you know, some wisdom, maybe just from like your, your business experience. Maybe you picked up some wisdom from like going to church gatherings, maybe your whole life, but you are actually sitting there this morning, Christian. And what you're actually saying is you, 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 you're, you're thinking in your mind, okay, like I'm a pretty wise person, but yet your life doesn't really look like it actually seeks the word of God. It doesn't do that. Here's one of the things I have to tell you this morning, that God is calling you to repentance. That he is calling you to pursue wisdom with everything that you have. That God has gifted mankind with wisdom. But here's the mistake. If you make it, it will be deadly to you. You will think that partial wisdom is all the wisdom you need. You will think that partial wisdom is all the wisdom that you need. And here's what the Bible would say if you believe that. If you believe that lie, it will show up radically in your life. It will show up radically in your life. That is interesting as Christians, we're the one group of people in the world 
See, every, every culture and every people would probably say, you know what, like, I'm not enough. Like, I, I need to grow smarter. I need to be, like, wiser or something like that. Guys, as Christians, we're the one people who are honest enough to say that's true. And what I have to do every day is I have to live my life like that's true. I'm going to run to the word of God every day because I know whatever wisdom I have, it's not enough. I need to meditate on his word. I need to meditate in prayer. I need to walk with him because it's not enough. He's given me a gift. He's given me partial wisdom. But if that's all I have, then I will be a fool. But yet we have a God, guys. Maybe that's you this morning. We have a God who actually accepts those people back. He accepts us back. Those who haven't pursued him like we should. And he says, come home. Come home. Maybe you out there, you're, 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 you're hearing this and you're like, man, David, like, um, like that sounds attractive. Like I wouldn't call myself, um, I wouldn't call myself like a, a Christian or anything like that. But you know, I want to, I want to learn, uh, more maybe, uh, uh, I want to get some knowledge and stuff like that. But here's one of the things that we see throughout the the Proverbs. It says this, that you actually, you actually can't just take uh, wisdom like it's in the ground and dig it up and use it for yourself. He's like, that's not how you do it. You will name, if you, if you think wisdom is just something simply, you must like, quote, like add to your life. Just kind of like it's anything else, like part of your job resume. He's like, it's not going to work like that. Why won't it work like that? Because number two in our final idea for today, wisdom comes only through relationship and grace-inspired effort. Wisdom only comes through relationship and grace-inspired effort. Let's read Proverbs chapter 2. Starting in verse 1, it says this. My son, if you receive my words, treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver. And search for it as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. That's interesting. He goes out seeking wisdom. And what does he actually find? He finds God himself. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice. And watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity. Every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. It's funny I mentioned earlier. um, Like I I, I grew up... um, at a, at a particular church. It was a, it was a Southern Baptist church in uh, the Orlando area. And um, there were a lot of people in that church that um, were thought of as really wise, but they would get into like, for instance, like church business meetings and they were just like some of the most gruesome people you'd ever see in your life. And it's interesting. Maybe if you've 
been turned off to Christianity in your lifetime. It's actually been turned off by people like this. People who maybe who are older and therefore there's almost like this crown of wisdom that's given to them. And it's like, okay, this is this is this is a wise person. But let's see how in the world does the does Proverbs say a person is to be wise? How does a person get wisdom? Here's one of the things it says. It says it's not just age. Yes, age will give you some wisdom. Like some of you guys who are married, like you've actually found out some things about the opposite sex that you didn't know. Like you're like, yeah, I, I didn't know that. All right, that, that, that's tough. Like, oh, oh man, like I, I, I had no idea. It's not saying that you won't gain anything. That's not what, no, no. But he's saying if you want wisdom, if you want a full wisdom that will actually help you to thrive and flourish in the best and in the worst it doesn't just come through time. It doesn't even just come through like gathering with like a church body. It doesn't just come like that. It doesn't just come like that. What does he say? Look at verse 3 again. Chapter 2, verse 3. If you seek it like what? Like silver. And search for it as for Hidden treasure, hence why we're doing this. That to grow in wisdom, you actually have to see, by the grace of God, that wisdom is something that you want with every part of your being. It has to be that way. Or you'll never find it at all. You can... Some of you, you, maybe maybe you're there today, Christian. You're like, man, David, that that sounds great, but man, that that costs a lot. I, I don't know if I, I'm, I, 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 I. Here's the thing, you're standing there with your incomplete wisdom, but here's the thing, like you'll never know that it's incomplete until the day it actually betrays you. Here's what I mean: your wisdom will look really, really, really good until maybe maybe your daughter comes home and says, Dad, I'm a lesbian. Or your son comes home and says, yo, mom, I, I, I'm, I'm transgender. Until you're, you find out that your dad is actually a heroin dealer. Until you lose your wife at like age 50. And you expected to live, you expect her to live to 90. Until you have a stillborn. Until you have a miscarriage. Because that's why God graciously invites us into wisdom. Why? Because he knows in the day you need it, it will be there. But if you rely on a partial wisdom that's just gained through time and not seeking the Lord himself like the treasure of heaven, not seeking wisdom that way, it will seem fine today. And it might seem fine tomorrow. And it might seem fine until the day that you truly need it. And then you realize it's not there. And you're completely inadequate of dealing with the complexities of life. That he calls us 
to pursue wisdom, to pursue the, his word, to do that with all our hearts, like it's treasure, like it is silver and gold. It says if you do anything in this life, get wisdom. And that only happens, one, like we said, through grace-inspired effort. Like the effort that God actually gives us himself. But finally, chapter 2, verse 1, did you notice what it says right there? My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you. What is the other way? Wisdom comes through grace-inspired effort, but it also comes through relationship. It comes through relationship. Relationship primarily with God himself, but also not just that. Primarily also with those among here, right here. You, like you, member of this church with one another. How we grow in wisdom is by interacting with one another. Being there amidst the lives of one another. He says, my son, if you receive my words, if we pursue wisdom, the way that we pursue wisdom is in a relationship with God himself. Not like a, like I, because some, some of you might think that you're like, David, I got that. Well, let's think about that. You've got more of like a cousin to cousin relationship with God. How, let me ask you, how often do you see your cousins? I mean, unless they like live next door to you or something. I mean, for real, how often, like you see them what? Either like on vacation when things are great or um, when somebody dies and things are horrible, right? Like that's typically when you do. But like we talked about, if that's your, your, your terms of relationship with God, then all you're relying on is wisdom that you already have and it's not going to help you in this day. But whenever it talks about a relationship in the Bible, what it's talking about is a, is a father-to-son relationship. Some of you guys know I was a guitar teacher for a ton of years in, in uh, Fort Worth. Actually, it was only three years. It felt like a ton of years. What am I thinking? I was a guitar teacher for a pretty long time, like both then and before that. So I was probably teaching for like 10 years. And it's interesting. Whenever someone like learns like under me, what I basically am doing is I'm like, hey, what I want you to do is I want you to follow along with me. And what I want you to do is I want you to do what I do. I'm going to instruct you. This is how your hand goes. This is how your finger goes. This is not how your finger goes. And if you take a look at the end result, what happens is this person who usually learns under me, if you looked at their playing, who does their playing look a lot like? Mine. Why? Because because they learned under me. They, they learned under me, and as learning under me, because we had that relationship, what happens now is when they walk out and play guitar, guess who they play like? They play like me, and that's exactly what God does with wisdom. He invites you into not a cousin relationship, but a father-to-son relationship that says, walk with me. Don't walk with me once a week. Don't walk with me. No, no, no. This is a daily thing. This is a daily thing. This is a daily thing. Walk with me. The wisdom comes through 
grace-inspired effort, yes, effort that even God himself gives us, but also it comes through relationship. And here's, here's the thing. This is amazingly good news. For some of you maybe in this room, like, you think, David, that, that's great, like, um, but one of the things is, like, I've never actually, like, blended in in, like, many, like, uh, like church gathering settings. Maybe you view yourself as, like, a spiritual failure or something like that. Oh, like, oh, I, I had, uh, I had premarital sex. Um, I had, uh, I, I got caught in adultery. Um, um, I, I, I was actually convicted of this crime. This is why it's the best news for you, because here's the thing. What wisdom does not come through, it doesn't come through your resume. It doesn't come from your resume. You hear that well-behaved child out there, like, It doesn't come through your resume. It comes by the grace of God. That means, here's what that means. That means you, maybe, who spent her first 30 years in life not pursuing God. This means that that God is calling you into a relationship, and he will make you wise. And there will be a day when you are a 55-year-old woman. And other young ladies will actually walk up to you and be like, "I, holy cow, like, I got to know her. It's like, it's like she knows me. It's like she can, like, see through my heart. That you'll be a cotton-picking sage to some young lady one day. The God will t- take take you, who once maybe was a fool, and what He will do is you'll, He'll make you into someone who is exceedingly wise, who people now want to come to, young men, young ladies want to come to. Why? Because they can see your wisdom and it just flows out of you. That's the picture. Lest anybody is in here today and says, Dave, that's great, but like I, um, like man, I've already blown it and stuff. The beautiful thing, if you look at early Christianity, who are all the churches made up of? It's made up of thieves, prostitutes, And guess what the Lord did? He made them into wise people. So all of a sudden, you had a whole culture of people being like, dude, she used to be a prostitute, but dang. Like, there's young girls like, she's counseling now. And she ain't counseling to be a prostitute. She's like, wise. Like, what what happened there? My friend, God invites you into a wisdom family relationship with him. Guys, that is good news for us. That's good news for you, the person who, 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 who's, whose record at home seems spotless, and for you who think you've blown it all. That's why the gospel is so good. It's just this like leveling thing that brings the most prideful down and raises up those who thought they were most humiliated. So guys, what's our response to this today? Guys, our response is this to embrace God's wisdom through a relationship with him every day. Here's some of the ways that this looks like. We got a ladies' Bible study coming up pretty soon. Ladies, one of the ways that this looks like for you is going to things like that. It means getting up maybe earlier than you normally do or staying up later than you normally do. Some of you kids, you wonder, man, why does dad like like rise up at like 6 a.m., at like 5 a.m., or if you're Josh, like 2 a.m.? Like, why does he do this? Like, what's going on? Because he knows, she knows, I am not sufficient. My wisdom is limited, and I don't have what it takes on a given day to live this life. 
It looks like that, guys. For a season in our church, guys, let us make this such a true reality and make it not just be a season, but may it be something that extends further and further. It means like being in the word of God ourselves on a daily basis. It means like by, by going to things like redemption groups when we begin those again. It means by going to things, being in discipling relationships with one another in this church. Why? Because wisdom comes through relationship. From memorization of scripture, it's an awesome app called Scripture Typer. That junk is amazing. Like, I love that thing. If you got a smartphone, you want, trust me, you want that thing. It's like 10 bucks or something like that. If you buy it once, you have it forever. Memorization of scripture, hiding God's wisdom in our hearts. That God actually seeks to make his people wise. And why does he do so? Because at the end of the day, one of the things they will become, they will become the crown jewel of this world. And people will look at us as like, holy cow. They ain't got a doctorate degree, but there's something about them that is inherently wise. Guys, we're going to sing in response to this cry out to the God of all wisdom as the worship band comes up. But guys, this is God's picture for us. This is what he desires for us, that we would be a kind of people that display his wisdom in everyday life. Why? Just, so here, here's, the, here's the beauty thing. For his glory, yes, but also one of the things about him getting glory is it actually results in your joy. And it actually results in your ability to handle the complexities, disasters, joys of this life. Let me pray, guys. Thanks for listening in to today's message. For more information about our church, feel free to visit us at calvarybcmoultrie.com. We hope you will join us again next time. Until then, grace and peace.